Welcome to Family Business Today, where we feature prominent local and national family business owners. We also talk to top family business experts to discuss relevant topics, including communications, business culture, family relationships, succession and estate planning, values, as well as conflict resolution. Brought to you by the Tennessee Center for Family Business, I'm your host, Greg Lewis. Our guests today are Dr. Jenny Owens, founder and Evan Owens, executive director of Reboot Combat Recovery in Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Well, hello, Jenny and Evan. Welcome to Family Business Today. We are glad that you could join us. So first of all, tell us about Reboot Combat Recovery. Well, Reboot Combat Recovery is a 12-week course for combat veterans and their family members to attend that addresses the spiritual side of healing from combat trauma or post-traumatic stress or moral injury. It's got a lot of different names now, but and it's, uh, it's something that we started in our living room, um, but now um, because of the work that we've done together with our team, we're, we're in many states across the United States across the country and a hundred different locations near abouts and one in Australia. Okay. Very, very, very interesting. So, um, um, so what did you do prior to starting reboot combat recovery, both Jenny and, and Evan standpoint that's helped you to, uh, um, uh, start this, uh, uh family business has helped you to be successful in it. Well, I guess I'll go first. This is Evan. I, um, my previous career was actually uh, working for a technology company. So we built websites and mobile apps and digital campaigns. And every day I was coming home hearing stories that Jenny would share from the workplace um, and just felt moved and felt like while I may not have had the paper credentials on the wall, what I did have was a a willing heart and a willingness to help people and a desire to learn. Hmm. And I figured that was a good good enough start. And so that's really where it – uh, you know, that's really where it all began. And then uh, I left that job in May of 2015 and began doing Reboot full-time. Um, and then, Jenny, I'll let you kind of share what you're... Yeah, well, so my work was really what brought us into the military world. I'm an occupational therapist and was working with active duty soldiers in a traumatic brain injury recovery center at Fort Campbell. So my work really brought front and center to me the need, um, this this spiritual healing need that is in so many of our combat veterans of all eras. Um, I was working mostly with um, uh, those who had been in the Iraq and Afghanistan wars, but um, just uh, noticed that there were spiritual wounds and contexts that surrounded um, the injuries that these men and women had sustained, and that while we were addressing them from a medical standpoint, there really wasn't much that was accessing their heart. And <clears throat> as a person of faith, I just really felt that there needed to be a safe place and uh, a place for them to gather with others who were struggling with questions like, is God really good? And, and do, do I still have a soul? And how do I go on, you know, bearing the weight of what I've done and what I've seen? And so that really was what opened our, our eyes to what so many um, are struggling with. And that catapulted us into kind of this these new relationships that we felt required reboot to kind of step in or something like reboot. We, we didn't even have, call it reboot in the beginning to step in and offer something to help these individuals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so you were doing this uh, certainly from a missional standpoint or whatever. So how does that translate into building your own company, uh, turning it into a business model? 
Well, yeah, and that was a evolving process, right? I mean, so mm-hmm. um, people a lot of times will think nonprofits are a uh, not a real business, and uh, in many ways they are. And the difference is, is that usually the person receiving the goods or service that you're serving is not the person paying for them. That's the only difference, mm-hmm. um, really. And so for us, what we began recognizing initially was that we had this very sort of organic model where we would travel to places and we'd start groups and go. But then we started realizing, well, what if we looked at this through uh, eyes of greater humility and through eyes of really looking to empower others? And so instead of saying a traditional model might be, well, all of you who are hurting from trauma come to Fort Campbell and Jenny and Evan are going to get you fixed up at their, their big building they've built there. Mm-hmm. What if instead we decentral, we decentralized it and said, there's a whole mm-hmm. lot of Evan and Jenny's out there. What if, what if our customer became people who were just like us who wanted to start courses in their living rooms and their churches and their clinics and their nonprofits? Mm-hmm. And that was the beginning of really our model that would evolve into the business that is today. That one simple idea was that it wasn't about what Evan and Jenny could do. It was about what that leader in that country or city could do and maximizing them. And uh, so that, you know, really defined the business objective, right? So then you had to build curriculum, you had to build training tools, you had to Mm -hmm. empower that person with outreach materials and expertise and support. And that's how we've built the business is really Mm -hmm. supporting that local leader. They're they're the hero on the front line doing the real work. Yeah, we Mm -hmm. really wanted to try to shortcut for them as many of the things that we had to learn the hard way in the, you know, we started in 2011 Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, we really didn't launch this network until 2016. So we, we learned a lot and we wanted to be able to offer that to people to make it so that, um, it was as turnkey as, as possible. And that, that's really where I think Evan's expertise and a lot of our team members expertise kind of, uh, stepped in and, and helped us. Okay. Very good. Very good. So, so you've, um, so you're running this business on uh, 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 called Reboot Combat Recovery. So w- what's been different about it when you've turned it into a business uh, from what you had ex- originally expected? Well, I think the the first thing we expected was it was just going to be a hobby thing that we did on mm-hmm. our living. So the first thing really was we had to start thinking about capital and start thinking about resources and all that sort of thing. But the second thing, the, the realistic thing that I think really changed for us was that we started looking at it through the lens of how does it scale and how do we produce a, um, a low-cost, low-barrier-to-entry product and system that can empower people. And you know, I can remember from a family business standpoint, there was you know several years that we did this. We did this for, what, five years, Jim? Mm-hmm. Five years before I left my role and before we joined it full-time. And during that five years, it was so good for us to work out a lot of the kinks in our relationship of working together. But the, the, even if, you know, we have different vantage points on that from a uh, viewpoint, right? And mm-hmm. I think Jenny would agree. I tend to be the person who is pushing out. She really is in many ways the heartbeat of the organization who wants to make sure that we're always taking care of people. Mm-hmm. And so that was some of the, the early on um, – I don't want to say friction, but some of the early things that we had to work through in our relationship. Yeah, I, I was just thinking about that. Like for me, as initially it was more of a, like Evan described it as a hobby, or I would describe it as kind of a, a ministry of our, just of our, our family. Um, when we started getting things more official and operationalized, it, it was a bit of a transition for me. And I think I'm still kind of there, you know, where how do I translate 
what I view my greatest skills, which are this relational aspect, this right. um, counseling aspect, um, into something that can really continue to serve this larger uh, entity that Reboot now is. And, you know, leveraging my clinical skills, because that, those are still there, sure. even though I'm not working full time in that realm, um, to bring them to bear um, to assist the organization. That's just been a bit of a transition for me. I think for Evan, it was a less of a leap because he had been working in entrepreneurial type settings before in business. Um, so anyway, that, that's just kind of a thing I've been kind of marinating on the last few months. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's an ongoing process. So so you were talking about this whole idea of, of uh, hobby ministry and maybe some of the friction that comes from that. So, so how do, how do y'all go about distributing work responsibilities and uh, decision making? Is it more of a collaborative uh, effort, or is it more based on who has the experience in what area, whether it's operations, sales, uh, clinical psychology? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, we have uh, another member of our team who um, actually raised his salary for the first year and enabled us really to to get our footing in this scaling that we were doing a few years ago named John. And he's he's kind of on level in terms of the executive mm-hmm. committee for us. And so um, that's been another interesting factor, sort of bringing in another person who's not in our family who has great expertise, he's a veteran, um, and has a great background in ops. And um, so he and Evan, I think, bear the majority of the decision-making, also because my role has been a little more part-time. Um, we have a young family with small children. So that's been pretty easily defined. But I appreciate that Evan and John still continue to, as a, as a founder, to involve me. And as, as a, just Evan described, kind of as maybe the um, – I don't know, the heart center of the organization to involve me in some of those large decisions. Um, even to this day, even though I'm not, you know, involved in a lot of the day to day stuff. Well, and I think it's an important lesson for all of us. Um, you know, Jenny and I both came from a music background. So I, my degree is in music and her, she, she started off in music and then changed. And in music, if you think about any kind of music, there's, if you're an instrumentalist, there's times when you're in the lead, right? When it's time for your guitar solo or it's time for you to do something fancy. But then there's a lot of times when it's time for you to step back and just play rhythm and let someone else lead. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I think our organization has done well, largely because of Jenny's heart for the mission, um, there's been a lot of seasons because of our young kids, because of her other job requirements, that she has had to step back and play rhythm. And mm-hmm. let John do a lead solo. Let me do a lead solo. And it's important for me in our relationship that there's times, though, where I still give her space to do solos if she wants to, to, to really take the lead. Sure. Um, and to look for those opportunities. But then sometimes, you know, it's a delicate balance. You, you want to offer them, but you don't want to push them. And I think that's been hard for me and my personality, who always tends to say yes for new solo opportunities and challenges and, you know, probably overcommits myself. Um and so it's, that's been something I think that, that lead, submit, submit, lead, back and forth has been a, a balance, a delicate balance. And sometimes harder than other times for us. 
Oh yeah, it's, you know, in a, in a family where it's uh, husband and wife, yeah, the part about leading and and the part about serving and balancing those. So I appreciate your your sharing that with us. So so while you're the founders of this organization, and uh, and obviously uh, faith and mission are important to you, uh, but, but but what values were you taught by your parents growing up that transferred uh, to reboot combat recovery, your family and your team members? I guess I can go first on that. Um, you know, my family tends to be, uh, if we were doing something, we did it as a family. So let me give you an example. If we're going to do a youth event in the city or in the community or in our church, it wasn't just my brother and my dad doing the youth event. It was, we were all in, right? I mean, the whole family did stuff. I was hanging banners and doing stuff. And I think that idea of, of, sort of we do things as a family is something that I think really has passed on. And I think about our kids. I mean, they, they've spent, you know, a quarter of their life, maybe more <laughs> at reboot functions, mm-hmm. uh, especially the older one. And, um, we balance that, right. We work, work hard to try to balance that. But, uh, he knows that the work we do is important, especially the older one. He understands that when he is willing to go sit in childcare for a little bit while we're, you know, just, you know, spending some time with someone one-on-one or when he has to hop in the car again to go meet a family for dinner or something, he knows that what we're doing is more important than just socializing. And I think that, um, he doesn't fully get that yet, but I hope he will as he gets older. And that's something I think that, that my family passed down to me. I got a funny anecdote. He's only four, but, um, reboot was the first word that he learned to read, (laughs) um, but just recognized by the logo. He saw it and he, it was like on a bumper sticker and he said, this is reboot. (laughs) He was maybe two, two and a half. He's very verbal kid. But anyway, you know, that was a bit sobering for us, but, um, yeah, he's been around reboot since he was born (laughs) for his younger brother. So he knew, Um, he knew reboot, uh, logo before he knew McDonald's. Oh yeah. (laughs) That's true. Actually. Yeah. Big time. (laughs) Which is probably healthier for him as well. Probably healthier. Yes. (laughs) And, uh, my, I I was just thinking about your question, Greg, and, um, Mm -hmm. one value that my family taught pretty strongly to me was, is, um, that people are more important than things. And that can apply to, you know, simple um, context, like if you accidentally break something, you know, focusing on the relationship more than that, the value of whatever that thing had to you. Um, But, you know, even in in the organizational context, again, um, people, that meaning our staff, that that also meaning the people that we serve, our leaders, um, ultimately, that's the most important aspect of what we do. And uh, so keeping that focus at the forefront, I think is something that my family has given to me. Very good. Very good. Well, thank you. And so, so do you find that the values, uh, whether it's moral compass or it's right or wrong or whatever it is, is when it comes to trans, uh, translating those into your uh, family business, uh, is that tough or is it just, is it, Easy. What? How is that? How has that been for you? In terms of of which piece, tra- like translating onto other people, like trying to share moral, or, or in which yeah. trans- I suppose I'm thinking of doing what you say, saying what you do. You know, you have these values that are very important to you. But then when it comes down to making tough decisions, uh, uh, making the decision based on your values or on whatever the the issue that you're dealing with at that point in time, um, it, it, 
is that a, a challenge for you, or is it something that um, that you know the values? This is your value, and this is what you're going to do. You want me to go reach? Yeah, I think. Um, so I'd say the the hardest thing, you know, my job is the executive director. So ultimately, the buck stops with me as far as my board is concerned. Mm-hmm. And they care about my family life, but they care first and foremost about the success of the business mm-hmm. and uh, of the organization. And I feel like that is hard. Um, it's really challenging when sometimes the best thing for the business is not necessarily the best thing at home. And sometimes the best thing at home is not necessarily the best thing for the business. And when your spouse or your brother or your whoever it is that works with you knows all those intimate details about the business, it puts them and you in a, a somewhat compromised position, doesn't it? Because sure. now, whereas before, the spouse could say, this is what we need at home, and he or she doesn't really understand all the implications of that in the work life, now all of a sudden their vantage point is skewed because they recognize by them saying this has to be how it's going to be at home, they visually see day in and day out in the office what that will mean for mm-hmm. that person for themselves. And so I think that has been um, hard as we've scaled. It wasn't hard in the beginning, but as we've gotten more staff people, more locations, uh, remote staff workers, um, it has been, you know, managing that kind of growth that quickly has been hard because uh, there are a lot of things that I wish that, you know, didn't, require the time they require but they do and so it's a it's a delicate balance of always making sure that i uh that jenny and i set aside time to have family related conversations that are not fully informed through the lens of daily life at work but are you know let's say we work for ibm well what would we be wanting there Um, on the side you know because we do things as a family i believe our existence is so much richer uh, than those who don't work with their families because truly, I mean, the we are left hand and right hand in the work that we do. Mm-hmm. And uh, and there's a richness there that I, I don't think a lot of people uh, maybe who don't work together day in and day out ever see. And I was just going to say, this is taking this question in a little bit of a different direction, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, working together in for Reboot has been an opportunity for us to work with others who for the most part, share our values. And that, that was different, you know, with Evan coming from, you know, a, a mm-hmm. secular business sort of place. And I was working for the government, you know, it's just a lot of different folks, but he, with reboot, you know, people are drawn, people are like-minded, like-hearted are drawn to work with us. And um, so I feel like that is a real blessing um, and kind of a safe space for mm-hmm. us to operate um, with confidence in our values. And um, we feel a lot of support from our team in that, which is great. Oh, Oh yeah, great. Thank you, thank you. So, um, so I'd like to say that uh, everything is a bed of roses <laughs> when it comes to working together, and that we agree a hundred percent of the time on everything. But, but so, so how do you how do you deal um, as a, a family, as a husband and wife in your business? How do you how do you how do you deal with disagreements on business issues? Well. In a family business, is there? There's not always a, a delineation between business issues and family issues, is there? That's right. So, That's right. Um, I think the first thing is to recognize that factor and to not say, "Well, business." I, I know there's some people who run their companies and say, "Well, business is business, is family is family." That really has not worked for us um, in the lifestyle that we've chosen to live uh, with our young kids. So, 
I think um, there's a couple things. One, I think we submit to one another, and I think we submit to uh, to God, right? We submit to the Lord in, in things that we do, and I think uh, we start to always approach the situation from saying it's not about us, it's about the other person. And when you do that, instantly you you know lose the false humility and actually gain true humility. Um, the other thing for me is I I've really worked hard, and I'm not saying I'm good at it yet. I'm work in progress, but I've worked hard in recognizing that be, that that because Jenny has a different type of ambition than I do, she's ambitious around the heart of people and around you know if if I had if we had three locations, she'd still be happy. You know. Um, I think that I have to always respect the fact and slow down when it comes to business and say, you know what, is there something that she's seen that I need to stop and I need to listen to because she has my good, I mean, she has my uh, well-being in mind as well. She's not saying this opinion because she wants to hurt Reboot because, heck, she's the founder, and she's certainly not saying it because she wants to hurt me because I'm her husband. And when I take that vantage point, man, that, that has really helped me slow down sometimes and say, you know what, what's best for her? what's best for all of us then do that. And, and so far, if I just go with what's best, what, what she thinks is best so far, we've done pretty well. So, well, and I really, I do appreciate that. And the fact that he has, he will listen and sometimes pause and come back a few days later and say, you know what? I think you were right on that. You know, when initially maybe we were at odds and I, I hope to do the same and uh, try to do the same and, and just really look, try, again, trying to look at it from the other person's vantage point and taking into account and honoring their skill set. I think that's something affirming and honoring that Evan thinks differently than I do. And he, he is the reason that we've been able to impact so many lives because of his vision. And so at the same time as he's kind of trying to see things from my perspective, I try to do the same likewise. Oh, very good. Very good. Yeah. I, I uh, remember working with my dad for so many years. And one of the things that's transitioned for me uh, has been the whole fact of is, as if there is disagreement that the whole idea of uh uh, let's sleep on it, or let's let's uh, let's not necessarily make a decision right immediately, but let's sleep on it. And and sometimes by doing that, uh, uh, just having some quiet time or some personal thoughts about it, uh, really the resolution comes uh, quicker. And of course, as you said earlier on, uh, working in a larger corporation, sometimes the sleeping on it or waiting on it is not an option that you have, but if it's your own business, your family business, you can have those kinds of uh, conversations. And you may also learn something from what your uh, mm-hmm. other members of your family are really thinking and say, hey, you know, that's not, that wasn't a bad idea. Tell me more about what that is there. I think that uh, what I don't, I don't remember who said it, uh, business is business, family is family, and neither the two shall meet. Well, obviously, in family business, that's impossible. So, because there is an overlap, so uh, so there that does happen there. So, you've, you've already mentioned, Jenny, that you have two small children. So, how do you manage the boundaries between family and business? Well, that is interesting because uh, um, a few days a week, I I am kind of working from home, and I I would have to say that that's one of the hardest things that I've ever <laughs> come up against. Mm-hmm. Um, because you feel pulled in, in many different directions at the same time. And for me personally, um, I have recognized that that is when my anxiety level climbs the most and mm-hmm. when my um, short fuse <laughs> seems to rear its ugly head. And so um, I think especially with the connectivity that we deal with in modern society, um, I am learning that I need to do a better job of 
um, creating boundaries for like when I'm home and I'm with the kids, then I'm not working and I'm not going to have access to my email for X period of time. And then during nap time or whatever, I have a specified amount of time that I will be engaging that because I don't like for things to, um, to uh, draw out, especially when someone's waiting on a response for me. Cause I'm, I'm just conscientious by nature, but at the same time, I just, I, I recognize that I can't, you can't do all things well <laughs> if you're trying mm-hmm. to do them at the same time. So, um, yeah, I mean, learning. and for her, like she said, for nap time, it's important, you know, I mean, during nap time, she can get a lot of work done, but once I wake up, uh, <laughs> Yeah, my third grown child. Yeah, exactly. You know, my, I, I need that four hour nap in the middle of every day. It's uh, really critical. But um, it is, I'd say that's the hardest part for us, Greg. I'd say that by far is the part that we're still figuring out. You know, we have two boys who are all boy who need lots of attention and tons of energy. They have endless amounts of energy and they don't nap that well. And so I think for us, we're still figuring out those boundaries. And I think that it's gotten hard as scaled her workload and my workload has increased because we don't necessarily have the finances quite yet to hire, you know, a huge staff to take mm-hmm. some of that workload off of us. And so I think, you know, much like a, a G force on an airplane, when it's taking off, there's those, periods of lots of pressure and um we you know we're coming out of one of those but we've been in one of those for a little bit and we've you know definitely been at home uh there's been more friction um when she's not working but she feels like she should be working and i'm like don't worry about it to get done that kind of thing so um those are those are definitely pieces we're still we're still figuring out oh you know uh uh, Jennifer and I have been doing that for years, and so yeah, it's a, a continuous process. So, yeah, the listening and the speaking and and uh, and the empathy and the understanding are very very important. So, uh, you've already mentioned that you have a, a board, um, uh, but who do you seek advice from for, uh, for your business outside of your family? Uh, don't necessarily have to mention a name, but uh, uh, Jenny, who, who's who's your trusted advisor that you go to? That's not uh, not not your husband. Hmm. So it's so interesting. We were having that conversation just one of our recent date nights, um, sort of thinking about the year and, and certain you know not necessarily goals, but areas of focus. And I think that's a, a bit of a gap for me. I, um, I don't know that I have. A person who kind of fills that role of mentor for me. Um, I do one. I do have one who's kind of a, an occupational therapy professional mentor, and she knows about uh, reboot and is quite supportive, um, but has never that I know of run a business. And so, from that standpoint, you know, she would be able to her her experience would be somewhat limited. Um, and I don't know that she's been in the role of kind of this working from home slash uh, working outside. But I, I do think that's something that I would like to be a little more intentional about uh, identifying because right now it really there, I have a few close friends and those, those who've walked with me um, since college who I consider kind of spiritual friends and guides, but um, they don't again have experience that mirrors kind of what we're walking through. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that. How about you, Evan? Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really fortunate. I've got a group of about, I don't know, 10 or 12 people that I call uh, at random. There's a guy I called yesterday at like three o'clock and I called him. He called me back and I had two questions and one of them was, 
super frivolous. It was about something involving uh, suit shopping, and he knew the answer, and it was wonderful. Um, you know, so I've, I feel really blessed in that yeah. area. Those relationships do take work, um, but for me, I love having those because my board, while I have friends on the board, um, at the end of the day, I recognize there's an intrinsic conflict there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's, it's nice to have a kind of people that I can, uh, you know, talk to without coloring or shading what I'm saying. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. So, um, uh, what advice would you offer to a husband or wife, to a husband and wife who is considering working together in a family business? Do you want me to go? I'll start and then you can. Okay. Um, well, what we're learning in our recent years of exploring this territory, mm-hmm. um, you know, as a clear expectations, um, I think is helpful for, especially my personality type, kind of knowing if I'm, if I'm meeting the mark, um, and knowing what to, you know, that he knows what I'm expecting of him in, in both the family and the business sure. standpoint, mm-hmm. um, communicating. And I mentioned a date night, but yeah, I, I think that allowing space and time, especially if you have young kids to, to just kind of debrief about both things. Cause you can't completely ignore the business when, when you're out on a date, but you know, setting a boundary on kind of how you're going to talk about it. And, and again, kind of how it's influencing the relationship in the family. Um, that's really critical for us to try to do that like once a month, um, or more frequently if we can afford it. Um, and I think the mentor piece, I think I'm learning and then you brought it up. That's good. I think having someone who can, guide you and be someone you can bounce ideas off of um, in the, that space is really going to be helpful for people. Oh, very good. Well, yeah, I, I think Greg, I'm sorry, Greg, go, no, go well, ahead. Evan. Go ahead, Evan. Well, I just think one thing that we've done, that I don't know if it would work for every couple, but it has made a huge difference for me and my quality of life. We work strange hours now. You know, we usually get to the office by around 930 and we come home we try to be home by three forty-five or four thirty, and um, the reason that I love that is because with our kids, the age they are four and two. I mean, the fact is, is that you know five to six thirty is really hit or miss. If they had a rough day, or if they're tired, or if they didn't sleep well, I mean, man, I'm the only time I get to spend with the little guys is when they're you know irritable and fuzzy and tired and I'm irritable and fuzzy and tired because I didn't have my nap and you know all those sorts of things and so for us working that alternate schedule you know playing with them being with them being present from you know four o'clock until or seven thirty, and then working again a little bit from seven thirty to nine thirty or seven thirty to ten you know we don't watch a ton of tv we don't plow through near as many books as maybe other people do but we feel like we have energy when we're present with our kids. And that schedule for us, if husband and wife have young kids, I highly recommend that schedule. Not to mention you avoid the rush hour traffic, which gives you back, <laughs> you know, where we live in Nashville, gives you back four or six hours a day, I think, something like that. So, um, uh, you know, that's that's something we've implemented that I think's made a huge, I mean, don't you think? I think that's made a huge yeah. difference. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I know one thing that Jennifer and I did, your children are a little bit young yet, but once they, they get to school age, uh, Jennifer and I, uh, 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 Jennifer was busy uh, taking care of our three daughters, and but we would have uh, uh, Thursday lunch, and Thursday lunch was a time for me to 
bring her up to date on what was going on in the business. And then uh, we had a rule that once we uh, came home in the evening, uh, of course, I was in a traditional manufacturing supply chain uh, facility, uh, but in the evenings would come home and I would leave leave that at work as much as possible. But it kept her informed of what was going on and helped her to 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 not deal with as many questions and me not to have as much mm-hmm. conflict or, or uh, on that. So anyway, hopefully that would help there too. So, um, so, you know, talking about dinner, <laughs> uh, gathering around the dinner table has been a family tradition. I know for our family, uh, and for all families really for, for decades and decades. So when your family gets together, uh, your children are a little bit young yet, but what do you what do you talk about during Sunday dinner? Well, the the biggest thing we talk about is uh, we telling two year old to sit down. <laughs> yeah, sit down, eat your food, or I will carry you out of here. Uh, I think that that really monopolizes about seventy percent of our uh, dining experiences. But I think there's a couple things we talk about. I think uh, you know our four year old is very verbal and very articulate. And so a lot of it is just letting him talk and tell stories. I mean, mm-hmm. he he talks uh, almost as much as I talk, and that's saying something. <laughs> and so um, a lot of it is us asking him questions and letting him sort of talk and process and making sure that we're, you know, able to undo any behaviors or any thoughts or any patterns that he's developing and be able to replace those with you know, true and noble and honorable things in his life. And Mm -hmm. that's a big part, I think, of what we do is try to let him kind of, uh, pardon the gross, you know, analogy, but vomit up the bad things that he needs to tell us that he saw or learned about and give us a chance to replace us with good. I think that's a big part of what, you know, takes up at at our kids' ages. When they get a little older, it'll probably change. And we're pretty intentional about having fun. Uh, We we sing a lot at the table. We freestyle rap at the table. All right. Yeah, we'd like to do that for the podcast now. Actually, uh, star, which is our four-year-old, um, we do a dance party while we're washing dishes. If hopefully no one will bust their head open, that's happened before. But oh yeah. my goodness, I'm so here. Yeah, we we and we have a fun little thing we've started where we all put our hands together in the center and we say go whatever and whatever the whatever the focus is of that moment. And that's kind of a fun little family tradition because it just even the two-year-old will initiate that uh, that kind of joining of hands, and it's cute. Oh, neat! That's neat. I'd love to see that. So, it's uh, it's the beginning of a new year. Uh, so, tell, and all about goal setting and, and everything else. So, t- tell tell us just a little bit. What's the next big thing on on your agenda? Oh my! Uh, the next big thing is we are rolling out uh, very soon in February a curriculum for first responders and their families called First Line. And if people want to learn more, they can go to firstlineresponders.com. And firstline responders, you know, often the first to uh, respond to our time of need are the last to seek help for themselves. And um, there are a lot of very haunting statistics and stories from the first responder community. So, yeah, we're launching that and uh, following a similar model as Reboot. And hopefully, God willing, it will, uh, you know, uh, hopefully it'll do half as well or as well as Reboot has done, and we'll be able to help a lot of new people. Oh, wow. That's exciting. I look forward to following following that. And what's that website again? Yes, firstlineresponders.com. First, firstlineresponders.com. Okay, well, that's great. Well, is there uh, 
anything else uh, that uh, Jenny, you or, or Evan want to add uh, before we uh, sign off today? No, the only thing I would say is um, uh, one thing that we've done pretty well, I think, as a team, when hiring somebody, especially if it's a family member or even when joining a business, Jenny brought up expectations earlier. One thing that one of my mentors says, they said, work out every scenario of what could possibly go wrong before it happens in the very early part of the relationship so that you don't factor emotion in how you're going to handle that. And so, for example, we did an acquisition of another nonprofit this year, and one of the things that we talked about was what happens if they violate a moral contract, you know, if they mm-hmm. go out and whatever, do some terrible, what's, what's going to happen to them and their assets and the donors that came over with them. And, you know, it was so nice to be able to work through all that without all the hostility of the emotion of that moment happening. And I feel like we flushed out, you know, it got a little bit ridiculous at some points because I mean, some of these scenarios were pretty outlandish, but I think even in our relationship, you know, thinking through what, what, what are some of those worst case scenarios? What are some of those bad things that could happen? Let's talk about it now. Let's work out what should happen and what would happen ahead of time. And if you do that up front, that's going to eliminate a lot of the angst and anxiety that could, that, that might happen when certain things, it doesn't have to be something huge. It could be something, you know, more small. So that's a, that's something as if I'm talking to leaders, I would say do that, work okay. it out in the front end. All right. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Well, Jenny and Evan, thank you for being our guest on Family Business Today. Uh, if you'd like to learn more about Reboot Combat Recovery, visit their website at www.rebootrecovery.com. To our listeners, thank you for joining us for the Family Business Today podcast, brought to you by the Tennessee Center for Family Business located in Nashville, Tennessee. We are an association of family businesses who work together to grow our businesses through relationships, education, and successful generational transition. If you have a specific topic that you would be interested in us having a program on, send us an email to info at tncfb.com. To learn more about the Tennessee Center for Family Business, visit our website at www.tncfb.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us. 